Welcome everyone to the Warrior Five podcast. Just us for today. Logan has got the day off, but in his place we do have a special guest, Caden Smith. Caden, what's going on, man? What's up, guys? So, Caden, I'm actually going to get you rolling, <laughs> rocking and rolling here right away. So, you play high school football, correct? Yeah. And you're on the defensive side of the ball. Yep. Play safety. Correct. All right. There we go. How many point? Like, what's the most points you've given up in a game? Probably about forty. Forty. So yourself? No. No, is it? Oh, he's not, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa! Like We're not that. bringing on some yeah, scrub yeah. on the on the podcast. Caden's yeah. good. Okay, so gave up forty as a team. That's that's pretty respectable. What if he gave up ninety four? Uh, I probably wouldn't be playing defense anymore. Right. Yep. But what if I said if you gave up ninety four and one? That is incredible. To be honest with you. It is incredible. That happened in a playoff game this last week. Rems and St. Mary's versus Montezuma. 108-94. to That is not a basketball score, ladies and gentlemen. That is a high school playoff game football score in regulation. And that's not any regular like kind of playoff game. That was the state semifinal game. Well, you know, even for a basketball game, that's still pretty high High school basketball game, that's high scoring. (laughs) That's like some Chino Hills type stuff. Yeah. With the point total eclipsing 200 points, 202 to be exact, it is the highest scoring combined game in Iowa high school history. Being regular season or playoffs. Just having the playoffs makes it a little bit more, you know, bigger. It did get some publicity, too. I know it was on CBS and some other... Uh, sports things, you know, Iowa score. Any time that a team scores even a hundred, it's it's going to be big news. And both teams almost eclipse the hundred, the century mark there. Cause some crazy stats going through this game: twenty nine total touchdowns, two defensive, and twenty seven uh, offensive touchdowns. Rushing yards: Rems and St. Mary's had five hundred and fifty nine in the game, and Montezuma kind of went the other route and was more aggressive through the air with 744 passing yards, which is an Iowa high school state record. Now, you're saying to yourself, man, these teams didn't play defense at all. Well, there were two defensive scores, as I pointed out before, one pick six and one fumble recovery. But there were also six punts in this game. How can you score 202 points and have six punts? It's unbelievable. It's almost like it doesn't even add up. And you also got to yeah. put in the fact that it is eight man. I don't know if you mentioned that or not. And like you said, there's what twenty yards. Yeah. Off of each, so if you if you total count, twenty yards off. If you well, if you count the end zone too, it's twenty yards on both sides. Then so then it's forty, and then it's basically from the numbers on both sides. So it's like it's another, smaller than normal. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're playing in almost like a sh- not like an indoor field where you're playing in almost like a shoebox. You have a smaller field, so the the points in eight man are normally. Larger Higher. than definitely scores. inflated. Yes, but to this magnitude, we rarely ever see it. To kind of put it in perspective for you, a the game versus LSU and Texas A&M two years ago went into seven overtimes. Now both teams were competitive back and forth. The final score ended up being seventy-two to seventy-four. A&M getting the win in that seventh overtime. That point total is 145. That took seven overtimes to get to 145. This took regulation to get to 202 points. Absolutely incredible. 
I don't think we'll ever see a point total like this again. But then again, two years ago in high school, North Sioux City North took on Council Bluffs Thomas Jefferson, and that total in 11-man football was 99-81, to 81, and I thought that was never going to get touched again. So who knows? Maybe we'll just never play defense in Iowa again, and these scores will be normal. Well, Mitch, I got a guarantee for you. I guarantee we'll get one that's going to be higher. Because especially with the way people are trying to like protect the players and ta- um, like not practicing as much as tackling, and defenses, I believe, are just like getting a little bit worse over time right now. I, I believe we're going to have more and more scores that are higher like this. So you you think that in the near future we'll get a game that's like this, if not higher than this? Yes. That's that's unbelievable. Especially at the high school level. I mean, we, we broke down the numbers. I broke down the numbers with, uh, with Darren earlier, too. There's three points scored every single minute in this game. Now, obviously, there wasn't a field goal every single minute. But every two minutes you would add it up to being a touchdown every two minutes. Think about watching a professional game. Every t- you're having two, every quarterback has a two-minute drive the end of the game or the end of the quarter to go down and score your touchdown. That happened every two minutes in this game. That would be worse than the Jets even. Right. And I saw, there were some funny reactions or responses. Uh, I, had someone, I saw someone that said the Big 12 defense is licking their chops and stuff. <laughs> kind of comical. But, again, like I said – Kind of cool uh, a stat line, and to have Iowa sports get on a bigger map because of that. You know, granted, you wanna you want it to be for a good thing, and this is a good thing. We'll see if Renton St. Mary's basketball team can eclipse 108 points, and otherwise, I think the football team's got a little something to brag about. I would probably assume not, but you never know. That's true. But another crazy stat from this game is that at the half, Remsen only had 36 points. Yeah, they scored com- 72 points in the second half. A complete explosion. Most teams don't even score 72. Most teams don't even score 36 in a full game. Didn't what? you say they were down by 28-2? At one Actually, point. yes. But at halftime, it was 46-36. to 36. Mm-hmm. I was wrong earlier. So, And if you look at the box score, too, uh, for both these teams, the finals could be the in the box score, like the first quarter... 28 to 21. That's a football final that you see a lot of. Now 18 to 15 in the second quarter. Different unless you kicked a lot of field goals. Third quarter is kind of crazy. 28 to 38. And then the fourth quarter, 20 to 34. All these are high school finals, not points scored in a quarter. Just kind of something crazy to talk about and to get us started. Like I said, I don't think we'll ever see it again. Cash says we will. Maybe we'll have something to talk about next week. Maybe they go for... The record, again, maybe they try to score over 200 points again. That'd be definitely something crazy. You would have to get a little bit more national uh, attention with that after scoring 108 in the first game and doing better your second game, especially because that would be for a state title. Yeah, I just look at them, and I just see bad tackling. That's what I see. I don't know if a tackle was made in that game. I, Actually, I sh- there was a total of 96 tackles made in that game. That is... It's like it doesn't even add up. Yeah. <laughs> like like you said earlier. The craziest part about it, there's I know that um, Remsen didn't really pass the ball a whole lot, but Montezuma sure did. There was zero sacks the entire game, and only three tackles for a loss. Yeah, this is, it was a crazy, like, honestly, there obviously was some defense played just because there were six punts in this game. But at the same time, there couldn't have been much. 
I mean, 202 points in a play in a playoff game. 202 points in any game is unreal. So, kind of crazy to open that up with. But we will now move on to the NCA. We had a couple good games. We'll first go into our picks. I'll start off. My pick was horrible. I thought TCU and Max were going to get it rolling. West Virginia kind of stopped that. The the Horn Frogs were were really nothing the whole game, and I thought that maybe with you know TCU getting that run game established, they would be able to come back in the game. They just couldn't get the run at all. Max Max was not even a dual threat quarterback anymore. His you know he couldn't hit his receivers, couldn't get out of the pocket to escape and run how he normally does. And credit to West Virginia that made TCU look like a bottom tier team in the Big Twelve. Yeah, Mandugan was missing a lot of throws. I thought were very easy throws. Like one time he did an out, his receiver did an out, ten yard outs, and he just overshot him like by ten yards. And then another time he did like a slant over the middle, missed him too. I just thought he was having a bad day throwing the ball. Yeah, and and so the, his numbers from last year to this year are obviously going to be different. So I, I alluded in the last podcast that they are missing four. Uh, ball catchers, one running back, two receivers, and a tight end. Also in the draft, he lost Jalen Rager, his leading receiver from last year. And on the defensive side of the ball, they they had Gladney go as well. And so now you get you have new corners. And when the game that I watched when they played Iowa State, their corners did get burned. And then I you know West Virginia made them pay. They they moved the ball really well. And a Gary Patterson defense is usually solid in the run. They were not solid today. It just it didn't look like a complete game from the start from TCU, and I think if they do play a complete game, then my pick is correct, and West Virginia wins. It just it just didn't the the cards didn't fall my way this time. Hopefully, they fall my way in the pro picks because that's what matters most. So yeah, I just hope uh, TCU and Madugan do better because I I really like to see to see Iowa players do well on college in the college level because you don't really see that many, at least I know of. Yeah, and Madugan like MacGyver, you kind of gelled them together. Max Dugan is who he's talking about, obviously. We'll go on from the TCU pick to Brady's pick. And those Cornhusters, little GBR, go Big Red. They got a dub against an ugly Penn State team, but hey, a win is a win. Yeah, let's, uh, first I want to talk about the craziest part about this game is that Nebraska only used one quarterback the entire game. Hey! Scott Frost finally figured out who he wanted to go to, and it was Luke McCaffrey, which as of late had been mostly Adrian Martinez. Obviously, when they're 0-2, you kind of got to figure some things out. Hey, which, I, I said, um, like, I, I can't remember, like, the first couple pack, podcasts, I said we, they should have started McCaffrey from the start. Yeah, which to me, McCaffrey's a better, better option anyways. Mm-hmm. But not an overly crazy day, considering the conditions in Lincoln this, today were not very favorable to a football game. I believe it was low 30s, any, any upper Midwest 20s. Any game, really, was, it was yeah. nasty out. Either windy, rainy, like it was in Michigan. Or just straight out cold. Yeah, just and it's, it's not ideal to throw the football. So Which McCaffrey did pretty well. I mean, he was 13-21 for 152, a touchdown and a pick, unfortunately. But on the ground, he had 13 carries for 67 yards and a touchdown. Looking yeah. kind of like his brother out there. Well, CMC action. But the... Key part about this game was Nebraska's defense. They two, did come to play. Two takeaways today. And if I can count, I mean, they got two two sacks today. And they got a pick and a scoop and score for a touchdown. 
I did well, see that. That scuba score. Scuba was, score is a touch, obviously, but and and Clifford for Penn State did not looked, look good. He's looked awful all year, and I think that when when and the thing that was crazy is once they took him out and moved to the backup, then Penn State started to kind of gain an offense. Kind of and, figured something out. And I don't know if that's just the players kind of moraling around the backup, knowing hey, we've we we started off terrible. They're now zero and four, I believe, if I'm right. Penn State is. Yep. So we're, we're in the game. We're zero three. Something has to change. We got a new quarterback in. Let's try to rally around that. I think that probably gave them a little bit of momentum boost to bring the game closer. But this Penn State team from even a year ago, they're polar opposites. I don't know what they're what's going on there. If I mean, granted, the whole Big Ten is kind of on its head with how Michigan's playing as well. But I feel like enough teams that are good are proving themselves and proving to be good to where you can't be like, oh, it's we're, we're having a bad season because of COVID. Because everyone else had in football had to do the exact same thing. A um, Wisconsin team had the COVID issue in their in, in like interior of their system, hadn't played, came out, played against Michigan today, and looked phenomenal. Yeah, they, they really did. But I really thought Mets – or Mertz was going to have a better game. He was like 50% completion and passing. He, he did start He started off sluggish, which you're mm-hmm. going to get from having three weeks off. But after he kind of got into his zone, you could you could see him kind of gel with that. And I, honestly, against you know Michigan, you probably could have thrown with your offhand and still beaten them. They are a terrible team this year. Yeah, Ouch. I did pick <laughs> them. I did pick them to win this one. I said like they if they really want like any like chance of like getting to the final. Four, I call it kind of call it. They really need to destroy Michigan, and they, they got to go undefeated and beat Ohio State in the Big Ten. Let me just point the only way they go in. Harbaugh needs to go back to the NFL. He's yeah. a way better NFL. Well, coach well and here's the thing. Harbaugh just needs out of Michigan. Yeah, and well, well, here's the thing. If for, and I agree that he needs to go back to the NFL. I think it's too late now. You see yeah, what he's done with, might be, yeah. with with players in that you know he they have they have drafted. Our draft, excuse me, recruited. He's not really molding them into to better players. So how do you want that to translate into an NFL team where the talents there? You just need to get them to work in your favor. I think a good contender for him, Dallas Cowboys. They they could take anyone right now. They're desperate. I don't think that the way that's where they would go because I think if they're going to replace McCarthy, they would go offensive. Because then they would actually get rid of Kellen Moore, too. Because if they want to change up the style of how they run the offense. I don't think they go with Harbaugh. Because even though he's a former quarterback, he doesn't really... He wasn't really an offensive coordinator at all. No, but here's the thing. So when he was in the NFL, his team was more on... How you kind of alluded to on the defensive side. What does Dallas need to fix up? The defensive side of the ball. I can definitely see where Caden's going with that. I don't know if it's exactly a great fit, but if if it's anyone of the, that Dallas needs a coach for, it's on the defensive side, because we we know Zeke if he plays to his caliber is good. If they re-sign Dak, we know he can play to a, a higher caliber. The offense isn't really the problem. It's that defense well, that they need to sure up. I in don't Dallas. I just think Kilmore is a little too pass happy. Happy really. And that's really the problem with because I don't think they have any kind of like if you would just run the ball more and more consistent, I think they would do better with these backup quarterbacks. Like you make your 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 defense worse if you're not like taking down the clock. If they had more like an offense like the Tennessee Titans 
they would do better with this defense. I uh, that's yeah. But just to keep it on some uh, coaching switches, I mean, I'm gonna take it back to this Penn State Nebraska game. Does James Franklin of Penn State see his time at uh, Happy Valley close? Hundred percent. The and it's it's gonna be kind of like with Michigan. So you're you're the it's upper just echelon. Just a different year. But like you alluded to, everybody's had to deal with it. So why are they so well, far behind? It's a different year. And I understand if this Penn State team was losing to 10th ranked Indiana, top ranked Ohio State. Like the good team. But Penn State's losing to teams that they have like almost never lost to. Oh, yeah. Granted, like Logan alluded to last podcast, losing Journey Brown, their star running back for this season so far, does really suck. Yes. Yeah, and you feel for the guy, obviously. But yeah. yes, he was only like he's only missed this game so far. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that doesn't excuse them from losing to these lower echelon teams of the Big Ten. How you talked about in the last podcast with Harbaugh's contract being so huge. What does they would have to? I think it's like uh, they still owe him like forty million. Oh least. well, no, with Harbaugh, but what about with Franklin? Do they owe him a lot too? I, I'm not. I'm not. For I sure. I don't know the deal with Franklin's deal is. I, he hasn't been there for that long to where I feel like his contract wouldn't be ending, and I feel like they would have signed an extension. But he's not as big as a name as Harbaugh was, so I'm guessing he would, that is true. He's, he would be lower. I bet they owe him maybe ten million. I just I just don't know like with the. Like, because you see a football team in, in the shambles like that. Let's just say Penn State wins two games. How many suitors are you going to have that's going to come in like that and change the program around? Or do you hang on to Franklin for a little bit, see if this is just a fluke year? I, I, don't. I, I feel like they're going to have to because uh, in February of this year, they signed him to a six-year contract extension. Yep. So I, f- I feel like you don't want to – fire him after i just said that because yeah, but this, if you this say, year alone he's making 5.4 million yeah that's what i'm guessing i was assuming around there. If, if they try to buy him out that is especially with this year oh uh, it's yeah they're, gonna be losing. they're going under well yeah. if you if you think that harbaugh signed a 10-year contract and that was like um when did he leave the nfl because i it was like four years ago yeah and the, uh, the crazy thing i was hearing about harbaugh too it, we're talking about like him getting re- recruiting players and stuff. They were talking about it during the game. He rarely ever recruits in the state of Pennsylvania and the state of Ohio. Now, why would you not recruit in the state where the two teams that normally run your conference have players in? Because you know you can't grab those players. Because you know your team's going in a different direction than those other teams. That you couldn't... So, for me as a recruit, if Michigan came into town, offered me a scholarship, and then Ohio State offered me a scholarship, I'm probably going to Ohio State. I have a better chance to win, and I have a better chance to go to the NFL. Now, I'm not saying that Harbaugh doesn't produce NFL talent, but I'm not going to college just to get drafted. I'm going to college to win some football games. Yeah, but I really think, like, like those type of players usually go to, like, the big five, I call them. So, like... Ohio State, uh, Alabama, Clemson, and then uh, the other two are kind of like iffy. It depends on the years, like who's doing good the last couple of years. But it's usually like anybody that makes the playoffs or anybody that has a big-name head coach are usually the case that gets the players. 
Yeah, and we'll go into kind of getting onto the coaching side here. We want to focus on the players who played the game. Uh, Bryce had a pick that was so close. I was pulling for him, and I watched the game the whole time. Virginia Tech had the game, and they fumbled the bag and lose to Miami by one point. Bryce, that would have been such an on pick. And But you did allude to that they were going to play a little bit better than, than what they did against Liberty. You know, it's it's a real crusher because you have that Liberty game where you lose in the, the last second, and you have the Miami game that happened today where you were up the whole game and then give up two big plays to then be down by one point and just aren't able to score. And I think they had two or three chances on offense to score a touchdown or even get a field goal to take the lead and were unable to go. So, Bryce, I'll have you touch on it a little bit. I'll, uh, honestly, for 90% of that game, I thought that was a solid pick. You just kind of got unfortunate and unlucky at the end. Yeah, I was watching the game, and I thought, I'm a genius. I was watching the entire I, game. I'm telling you, that's what I, I thought, thought too. I thought I was so smart. And then it got down to the nit, nitty-gritty and uh, nope. just kind of fell apart. Nah, you're not like my Miami pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Cash did. It's what it is. You're fine. It's good. Hey, I'm going to keep bringing it up <laughs> all the time. Moving on to another battle in the ACC, North Carolina. Down t- 21 points at one point. Sam Howell rattles them back. They score in the fourth quarter 28-8. to eight against Wake Forest and win the game. It was a crazy game, just absolutely crazy. In almost all of North Carolina's games this year, there was absolutely no defense played. Sam Howell has had to carry that team on offense, and he did today. He had 550 total passing yards, six touchdowns, and one pick. Oof. Man, that's a stat line there. And and I, and I get it, and I, I know Mac Brown is, is getting this team in the right direction and they're winning more games than they have in the past. But to be a complete team, especially in this conference, you need to start playing some defense. Because, granted, you can probably score a, like five, six touchdowns versus Clemson, but Clemson, with that defense, could score as many as they want. They could pull up 100 on this North Carolina defense because they literally play none. Yeah, but it's always, I think, um, it, that's all it depends on coaching there. So, like, unless you're going to bring in a different defense coordinator... Because, like, it's very rare that most of the time any defense coordinator can take anybody unless you're, like, you're with the Jets and you have Greg Williams has, like, basically a practice squad as his starting defense. But besides that, most defensive coordinators, they take any can take any players and make them somewhat decent. I mean, just just looking at the stats of this game, it, it is numbers upon numbers upon numbers because you got... Wake Forest had 606 total yards. Then you had North Carolina coming in at 742 yards. And Sam Howell, I think, breaking a school record or maybe even a conference record for most uh, passing yards in a game at 550. He had six touchdowns, one pick. Yep. But the it was just these are insane numbers here. Hey, but talking about insane numbers, what about Kyle Trash? All right, are we on the boat Trask. now, Cash? Trask. It is with a K, not an H. But are we on the boat now? 
You know what? I I'm I'm ch- changing my uh, tune. He, uh, he's on the boat. Thank you. Finally, I'm... okay. He gets some Heisman love from Cash, which means absolutely nothing to the committee, but it means something to me. Again, Kyle Trask, 23 of 29, 356, six touchdowns. Didn't play most of the third or fourth quarter. Granted, it's against Arkansas. I understand. It's still a conference opponent, and he was dealing. I just want to see how he performs against Alabama. That's going to be such a good game. It's going to be, be such a it's, good It's game. going to be that basically the hype of what the Clemson-Notre Dame game was. Even with Trevor Lawrence being out on that well, game. You're going to it's have gonna, two high oh finalists going dueling at quarterback, Mac Jones and Kyle and, and who knows where they're going to be at in the rankings at that time. I, I would assume not. maybe not 1-2. One, 1-4, one, four, one, four, one, four, one, five. Yeah, I mean, but even even then, well, you're talking about actual rankings. College I'm, I'm football talking, playoff implications. I'm talking about even Heisman rankings. You know, like this, I, I feel like that game will be, if one of those two were to win it, you're going to have your Heisman moment in that game. Joe Burrow had his Heisman moment in the, what was it, the SEC championship game? Where yeah. he broke that. Against Georgia. Yeah, yeah he, broke the, he broke the sack and then threw a dart like 30 yards downfield. You, everyone has their Heisman moment. Cam had his when when he broke a big run. Everyone has one. And I feel like that game, with all the implications and how big of a stage it's going to be held on when they play in the, the championship game of their conference, arguably one of the best conferences, if not the best conference in college football, whoever makes a dazzling play, that might shoot them over the top to getting that trophy in New York. Yeah, so after I was getting like railed on for like not picking a, a Trask, I lo- I went back to the stat uh, stats and looked at it. So like every game this year, he has at least uh, thrown four touchdown passes. And Is that good? Yeah, I, I think like that's pretty good. good. Well, and, th- and, uh, it's kind of wait. I was gonna say it's kind of average, but I think it's maybe a little bit above yeah. average. Well, Mitch, Just you also you also brought up Joe Burrow, so I was like. Let's see what the, his last year's stats was. And he was like 25 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Like, all right. Basically what Joe Burrow was the year before his breakout season. Mm-hmm. And he already has 22 touchdowns this year. So, yeah, you might have – this might be the Joe Burrow breakout with, season with 2.0. What, three games left or four? Here's the thing. You look at Florida. Logan – excuse me. Logan implied the same thing. Mac Jones is about to break all of Joe Burrow's records. Yes, he did. He did Logan did say that. So – you look at I'm just saying Mac since Jones we're... stats as well, and, and you have both quarterbacks in the same conference that legitly have a chance to both win the Heisman and are both going to have great years. The thing that's going to suck for this year is there's going to be a quarterback that's going to have a any other year a Heisman year and not win. Because, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, even Zach Wilson from BYU, all are going to have phenomenal years. All are more than likely going to get drafted. One of those, you can't split the Heisman five ways. Well, we already know how it's going to go. It's like who's the uh, who's trending the most on the internet? Who's the, you know the most popular? Who has that bigger Heisman moment? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's basically it's a hype train. That's what it is. Hey, I'm, as a college football fan, all aboard on that. Choo choo, I'm on that hype train. Well, last year, like Joe Burrow's, his hype was through the roof. I I just haven't seen that in a quarterback yet that's that that has that big of a hype. I mean, just looking at the stats of Mac Jones and Kyle Trask right now, it's it's almost basically even. Even, yes. Because uh total yards wise, you got Mac Jones at just about twenty two hundred. 
and then you got Kyle Trask at just over 1,800. But you got Mac Jones coming in at 78.5% completion, and then you got Trask at 68% completion. But Trask does, Trask, almost turned cash, but Trask has um, 22 touchdowns. Mac Jones only has 16. Trask does have three picks. Mac Jones has two. So it, basically their yards yards and touchdowns kind of even each other out. So and they're almost like the same player, basically. Yeah, I just, I'm really still questionable if they actually win it over like a Fields or a Lawrence. But because I, I just feel like they have the big, more hype. Well, <clears throat> honestly, if we're talking Heisman here, you're forgetting BYU's quarterback. Oh, my goodness. Wilson. He, yeah, he, thank Zach, you. Zach Wilson. This man I'm is tied for first in passing touchdowns with 22, tied for second in passing yards, and only has two interceptions. And they have just ran through their opponents. Boise State last week, 51-17. to Watch out for this guy. He's really good. So now we know why Mitch brought you on. He needed a hype man for his BYU. I need, hey, everyone on the BYU train. Another one. I'll be that, watching that one go by. But. <laughs> another one that you need to get on, and a lot of people had doubted them in weeks prior until their game against Clemson. Ian Book, he's going to slide in to the to a late Heisman run. He had an insane game today. Granted, they played Boston College. Uniforms, clean. Super clean. Bryce didn't do anything with the helmet. Just had the stripe down the middle. I was hoping they were going to go a full uniform effect. Would they have the bandana games? Jerseys were clean. Helmets, okay. But didn't help them play any better. They still played okay. But Ian Book, 283 through the air, three touchdowns. 85 yards on the ground and a touchdown. They looked dominant. Their defense looks good. Ian Book driving the ship, driving the train. I, I, you're going to split me with the, the, the Trask Mac Jones or the Ian Book Wilson hype trains. I don't know who's gonna who I'm gonna ride till the end. Those four quarterbacks will be in the conversation once the year comes to an end. <laughs> Ian Book has much of his chance as your Iowa State running back. Bro, Are okay, you? here's the here's the thing, here's the thing. So Ian Book, more than likely at the end of the year, if they were to beat Clemson again, would be on it would be the best quarterback or would be the quarterback on the best team, because there's no way if they beat Clemson twice, you don't put him at one. True. And if his touchdown-to-interception ratio is the same or near Trask and Mac Jones, there is no way he doesn't get the trophy at the end of the year. I thought you were talking about uh, Ian Book. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, you said Trask and... Yes, I, hmm. no. So His ears weren't open. Just... No, I know. <laughs> move on. <laughs> you got blinders and, and earmuffs on when, when I talk, I, I promise you. Yeah, I heard Zach Wilson and I went... I heard Zach Wilson and Ian Book, and like they are not part of that same conversation. I I I definitely see them as Ian Book and Zach Taylor are with your Iowa State running back. Zach Wilson, whatever Wilson, 
Who's that? Zach Taylor, isn't he the coach for the Bengals? Yeah, that is true. He is the coach for the Bengals. I don't know why I was thinking Just Zach Taylor. random fact. You didn't want to know it, you didn't need to know it, but now you know it. Hey, for the folks out there listening, check that one off on your bingo card. Yeah, the we're, cash we're bingo, bingo card. Every we should we should make some of those and just send them out to people. Maybe if, they, if, if, they on make, if you win, we'll send you a prize or something. <laughs> How many times will cash mess up today? They'll fill the whole card in the first you ten minutes. Have the under over in Vegas. <laughs> Bet the over every every single, single time. <laughs> Big Ten had two teams that played actually played today that uh, had decent implications. Wisconsin played Michigan. Michigan, oh, Michigan, ugly, forty nine to eleven, and then Indiana uh, hangs uh, a zero on Michigan State, wins that one twenty four to nothing. Indiana's defense, Logan alluded to it when we talked about the Michigan game. I was dead wrong on my pick. I really thought Michigan was going to turn around that time of year. They're not looking to turn anything around. They're in straight. I saw something to it again on Twitter. People are ruthless. They said that the Michigan, tanking for Trevor. <laughs> Michigan was tanking for Trevor Lawrence. I lost. I couldn't stop crying. I, was I saw so that right before we started this, and I cried too. Like, and that's honestly the direction they're going, and they they are in total. Like this year could have been like a rebuild for Michigan, but a rebuild for Big Blue in Ann Arbor. Is over 500 with who you have, and they are not in rebuild. They are in straight shambles right now, and Harbaugh needs to figure it out. Yeah, them, Minnesota, and Penn State have been really disappointing. They've been like Minnesota was. Those were the is those were the three teams to, be, to basically compete with Ohio State. Yeah, Minnesota. Minnesota looks like a one-hit wonder. P.J. Fleck, had, they, there's nothing going right with them. They got absolutely embarrassed by Iowa. And Iowa's, like, won one of their games this year. They they have their two opponents that they have won that are less to the competition than they played their first two games. But once Kirk Ferentz gets the ball rolling, they'll be fine. But, the oh, my, to get embarrassed by that much. I, I stopped watching when it was, like, 28 nothing. Wasn't it a home game for Minnesota? Or was it? Um, I don't know about that. No, it was. Yeah, it was. It was? I mean, okay. Either way, that's yeah. to get embarrassed like that. Well, hey, especially kind of like you had the the year they had last year was so promising. Yeah, they lost some people very to talented the draft. players. Still, if you, if you if PJ Fleck is running that and they got a good solid recruiting class coming in, you shouldn't miss a beat. True. So something's wrong in that. Everyone bought in. Now everyone's cashing out. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I was like, I had a lot of friends that were really hyping up the PG uh, PJ Fleck train. Yes, sir. And bingo card. My, my hey, he corrected it. We're fine. He corrected it. <laughs> yeah, I got it right this time. My di- uh, my family members did say that they lost a lot of their defensive players to the draft, but even like Mitch already said, that shouldn't really change it this significantly yeah, yeah it, you, it's not it's pj didn't inherit a heavy loaded senior team where he was he knew he was going to lose everyone i mean even if you do you get all those recruits for that reason and then during the season maybe you're they're not playing the whole game but you're they're getting practice team reps and you're getting these team these guys that are on your bench better for next year to get them rock and rolling and that's what all these big schools do like 
you'll see a lot of second-year guys that your your big five that you allude to. They come in and it's like, man, these guys look amazing. They didn't take a snap last year because they're getting all that work in. And I, there's something that's not going on in Minnesota, in Michigan, in Penn State that needs to be figured out. Yeah, like even the recruiting class, I didn't see a lot of four or five star recru- recruits in there. Yeah. And speaking of a team that doesn't have a ton of recruits, and they are ringing that Liberty Bell, Liberty with a big impressive Liberty, win. Liberty. <laughs> they went fifty-eight to fourteen. They're going to keep the train rolling. They're going to go to the last week of the season. We're going to keep talking about it until they reach that Coastal Carolina game, and that's going to be the game of the year for them. They got to keep it going. They're going to be. They're going to start inching their way closer they're going to be inside the top 20 and they're going to get them they're going to find themselves in a good bowl game and they're going to have to really prove themselves against a good you know 15 to 16 ranked team and and we'll see how how real they are hey if i'm just saying if we had a kaden and mitch on the committee it would be byu cincinnati and liberty would be in the college football playoffs okay i I wouldn't go that far with liberty but I would have BYU and Cincinnati ranked higher, though, because last week they put some disrespect on Cincinnati after getting a win, and they went down in the rankings. That's disrespect. So it's going to be – here's the thing. So right now they're at 6 and 7, I believe, because it's Mm -hmm. 4 is – or no, 5 is – Florida. No, 5 is A&M. Six is Florida, then it's Cincinnati, then it's BYU. Yeah, Cincinnati's seven. Yes, and BYU Ooh, is BYU's eight. BYU's eight, yeah. So what's the... So I've, A&M in Florida have a chance to lose, right? Mm-hmm. Then they move down, those two move up. Because we've already alluded to, you guys say their schedule is super soft. The rest of their schedule is winnable. Both of them win, move up. Hang on now. Ah. What about Indiana. Indiana is tough. I would They're rather good. have Indiana. With, with how this week went, with the Miami game only being a one-point game and then Indiana winning 24 nothing, do you see a switch there? No, I can't see them passing. Maybe BYU because they didn't play this week. I think BYU but, still stays idle, though. Yeah, but Cincinnati's going to go up. They had a really impressive win this week, 55-17. to 17. Yeah. So. I, I don't see it. I mean, just, I think, just I the think, resume honestly, for Indiana this year so far has been pretty good. And, yeah, and they're, they're going to have to prove it because they, they still have – Indiana still has to play Ohio State. Which I believe that is next this, week. This week, it? yep. Yeah, this, this next, next week. week. And then they're going to – I believe they play Wisconsin. I've, oh, I feel like they play Wisconsin. Yes, they, they go Ohio State at Ohio State, home against Maryland, at Wisconsin, and then Purdue. Okay. So we'll they, see if, if they're for real. If, if – Indiana wins the rest of those games. They're ranked. They're in the playoff. Yeah, they're ranked two, for me. Like you beat Ohio State and Wisconsin on, both the, road. on the road. That's that's insanity. Yes, I mean they have a shot. It's not a great shot, but they do have a shot to win both those games. Yeah, we'll just have to see. I still think if Wisconsin wins all their games, I still put them ahead of BYU and Cincinnati. So, if Wisconsin goes undefeated, I have them higher than Cincinnati and BYU. I would have to, I would have to agree with that. Could you pull up Wisconsin's schedule real quick? Yeah. For me, just I just want to read off who they play. Give me just a second. 
Okay, so Wisconsin, this year, has played two games. That is correct. And they played, played Illinois. Terrible. Sorry, Smith. Terrible. They had Nebraska and Purdue canceled. Yep. Michigan. Who, Terrible. Yep. On the road against Northwestern. That'll be a tough game. Home against Minnesota. Easy. Easy. Home against Indiana, like we just said. And then That'll on, be a tough on game. the road at Iowa. Don't sleep on those three games. They have a chance to lose three games. They will not go undefeated. They, I think they won these games easily. Wow. Okay. Do you watch? The, have the, you watched? The, the only game I think is going to be close to the Indiana game. The way Northwestern plays defense? They're going to win against Northwestern by 14. You know what? I'm going to agree with Cash here. I think Northwestern's just... They're getting in. You know, it's the COVID year. Northwestern. Finally chance to make top 25. They're not really... They're not really actually anything. Yeah. Like, we've seen this Northwestern team before like this. They're kind of like always like there. Don't don't be a Wisconsin team and look ahead. That's all I'm saying. Because any one of those teams can nip you. Except for maybe Minnesota. Iowa, last game of the season. If you're looking forward to that Big Ten championship game, they Iowa will, will beat you. Kirk Ferentz, they will wear their, they will have a blackout game. They will beat you. I just, I, I think it's more likely that they win all four, all four games and lose one of the four. Lose one of the four. Man, I, I'd love to take those odds though. Honestly, I, I just haven't seen enough from them. I know it's it's hard to tell when it's only been two games. If they played all four of their games and won convincingly like they did today, then it's a completely different story. But I saw Mertz play a great game against a horrible Illinois team. Yep. Granted, he missed one pass. Okay, awesome. He started off sluggish against Michigan. You start off sluggish against Indiana, Northwestern, Iowa. You lose. You lose. You cannot start off sluggish. Because the, the whole second half, they were running the ball down Michigan's throat. The, if you're behind, you're not running the ball down people's throat. You have to start throwing it. Then Mertz starts making mistakes. They get the ball turned over. And then it's a, just a downward cascade. Well, you say Iowa. I don't trust Iowa's quarterback as much as I I don't as trust I Iowa's him. quarterback, but I trust Iowa's defense. Yeah, but like if I, Iowa's quarterback th- throws three picks like he did that one game. They got Godston coming back. I mean, granted, he had a great... He's had a lot great last two games, rushed for over 140 yards both times. Granted, they are against different defenses that they're going to face. But this is going to – this is – so Iowa always – almost does what Iowa State does. They start off slow, and once they get to the end of the year, they always get get it going. I'm sure everyone said the same thing, or you probably were on the same way, when Ohio State came into town about four or five years ago, and Iowa put a stomping on Ohio State. That is true, but like I really, I'll be very shocked at the end of the year if we have a BYU or Cincinnati in the Final Four. Don't count it out. I'll I would, be. I wouldn't even be shocked. I'm almost looking forward to it at this point. One of those two teams, give them a chance. Not only that. Okay, so if they don't make it, and he and here's what I say: if you if they don't make it, that's fine. Give them a New Year's Six against a good opponent. Don't give them no slouch opponent. Give them a good opponent. See if they can hold their own. I guarantee. BYU they, versus Cincinnati. I would be so mad, and I would be so like heartbroken for those two programs, for them to play that well, and for the committee to be like, oh yeah, play each other. That's that's disrespectful. We've seen the committee do some weird things. Give me BYU-Georgia. I would like to see that. BYU-Georgia game would be a great game. 
Georgia had that uh, bad game when they had their second string quarterback play last week. I remember Florida. that. Yeah, but here's the thing. Florida? So Georgia. I would like to see Florida. If that Florida doesn't make it, I would definitely like to see Florida Cincinnati. There you go. Florida Cincinnati, BYU, Georgia. I'm telling you, it'd be closer than it, you it's think. It's going to be way yeah. closer than you think. Okay, so Cincinnati's good game that they played this year was against SMU. Right? Uh, if you call it you... a good game. At the time, it was a good game, but not not really as much anymore. SMU has, one, well, now two losses after today. It's... They, Cincinnati won 42-13 to against a ranked team on the road. Oh, and listen to this. Cincinnati, this past game that they just played against East, Eastern Carolina, Ooh. I Granted, it's Eastern Carolina, but they had four players for rush, rushing over 50 yards. I, let me know it's when they impressive. beat somebody in the top 10. That's basically the only time you're going to change my mind. SMU was ranked like 15 when they played them. We'll see. Okay, so, yes, no. this, I'll say BYU, on the other hand, played Boise State, beat the snout of them. Boise State then played Colorado State. Again, it's, I know Colorado State is not good. But these teams are going to be ranked in the top 25 that they beat. And they didn't just beat them. They manhandled them. I, I really, It really doesn't matter to me because every year, like, you think the committee is going to do something and, like, do these teams that are not, like, the main teams. Like, every year they try to somehow, some way, get the main teams in the playoffs. The main same five teams are usually, like, all there. And, like, maybe the star players that have a bunch of hype around them has their team there. That's usually how the committee goes. And I, where's the hype behind Cincinnati? Where's the hype behind BYU? It's basically you two, and I haven't seen that many people on ESPN at least doing it. There could be other people, but I haven't seen it. I know Caden's giving me a weird look right now. So exactly. I've seen some BYU coverage on ESPN, let me tell you. I've seen that. Okay, so here's the thing. If they were to expand... The college football playoff is six teams. Two more teams. Do you put a BYU or Cincinnati? And now, now listen, the whole thing I've been saying, I'm not saying both teams deserve to make it, but you have to think, at least give the option for one of those teams. If both of those teams don't lose a game all year, I'm not saying give them the number one or two or three, but you have to start to think, Eh, maybe they could get a four. I'm, if, just, I'm just saying, with this whole situation, it brings up the UCF from, what was it, 2017, 2018? It's, not it's, 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 it's literally the same. same. No, it's not. It's UCF, the same. SOS versus BYU. Ohio State had two losses that year and got in. Yes. UCF's strength of schedule that year. Their non-conference opponents, awful. Their conference was not that good. Their two good quality wins that they had were against Memphis and SMU. They barely won both those games. Then they made it and they beat an Auburn team who a lot of people thought could have made the Final Four and beat them. Okay, So I'm not saying that UCF shouldn't have made it. The strength of schedule for BYU, at least for this year, is better than UCF's had when they went undefeated. Well, I guess going back to your six-man playoff, I would, I would make Cincinnati to be the sixth team. So you would bring it. You would then bring in. You only get one. I'm not putting two. Okay. 
So Texas A&M more than likely is going to lose another game. Mm-hmm. Florida more than likely is going to lose another game. Mm-hmm. So that's a two-loss Florida team. That's a two-loss Texas A&M team. I'm playing. And you're putting any one of those teams before Cincinnati so, and BYU? Uh, let's just count my, my list. So Clemson, Ohio State, and then I believe um, Alabama. Alabama, yep. Notre Dame. And then Notre Dame, yeah, because it's going to be a. I think they're going to split with Clemson here. And then I would put Wisconsin if they go undefeated. If they go undefeated. And then, so, you know, then you have a one loss Ohio State team. Yeah. I'll take the one loss Ohio State team. There's no way. That... I think if Notre Dame lost to Clemson in their championship game, they'd just be out of it. How? No. How? They, if, if they, Especially how? If, if Lawrence is. How? Lawrence will be back, and if Lawrence just stomps all over him, it'll show that that first game has nothing to do well, with so anything. That's they're not going to do Notre that. Notre Dame will be out of it. That you can't do that because it looks like they were so You're, much no, better than I, that Ohio I, State I, team that got two losses. I agree with them though because listen to this. Now what happens if that happens and now Florida beats Alabama? Yeah, I'm definitely one loss. Alabama's out. No, I'm definitely playing. one loss. Florida's out. That nope. beat Alabama? No, I'm definitely putting both of them in there. When where does Ohio State go? If it depends on if Ohio State lost a different game. Then Ohio so let's say Ohio State doesn't lose a game. Then it depends. Then then you still then you have those three, Clemson and Notre Dame. That's five teams. You only can put four in. What four are you choosing? So which one you said that lost again? I'm... So you'd have Alabama and Florida, one mm-hmm. loss each. They're definitely gonna put Alabama in there because that's Alabama's loss would be better than Florida's only loss. You, Florida's only loss was the Texas A&M. You gotta look at the committee. They're definitely Texas A&M is ranked five right now. Florida's loss or Alabama's loss would be against Florida in the SEC championship. If you're if you're making me choose between Alabama and Florida, that committee's definitely gonna pick Alabama every time. He's got a point. They're gonna pick Alabama every dang time. If Florida beat them in the SEC yes. championship game, yes. That's, that's no, right. that's not true. That's not yes, it, it's, it's completely true because Ohio Florida beat them head to head. They would put Florida eth- in ethically. I don't know how. To, I don't know what this would categorize, but Gash is right. Do I think it's right? No, but the committee is just somehow Ohio so State got in with two ass. losses, and they were not the best of losses either. Two losses of Ohio State gets into to the Final Four. They're definitely going to have a one-loss Alabama in there. Yeah, but that's because there was no competition. So, Who was even the fifth that year? I can't even remember. Yeah, exactly. I can't even remember. When the the Oklahoma f- was one of them. Yeah. Because if it was Oklahoma, like, I think they probably were. That or was like Oregon. There would have been a Pac-12 team yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that. It wasn't that the year Washington was really good, too? Yeah, that was the Washington-UCF years. They were up and around. Yeah. I don't know. I this 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 whole committee thing is going to get really interesting towards the the end of the the season. But we will move on from college. We get on this tangent every time, and we will go into our NFL picks. All right. So Caden is going to do a guest pick. So he's going to have his six games as well. We'll have a little guest column going on here. Uh, we'll see if if Smith knows what he's talking about in the NFL. Um, just hearing him talk. You know, before, I don't think so, but we'll see. He's a Bears fan too, so we're not having a Bears Go game. Bears! We're not having a Bears game on because I feel like it would be a little, little lopsided. I do have Logan's picks up here too as well, so I'll go through his. 
as we go through ours. Uh, but we'll start rattling off. The first game that we chose to go with is Eagles versus Giants. Now, the craziest thing about this whole this whole season is the Giants, with one win, still have a chance to come back and win their division. If they win this game, they will be in second place and have to, needing one more win to take the lead in their division. That is absolutely unbelievable. I will start off with this game. I am taking the Eagles. I think both quarterbacks are terrible. Uh, I think Wentz and Jones are probably identical on how bad they are. I just give the Eagles the win because they're coming off a bye. They're more rested. They have a better game plan together. And I think I, it's going to be a close game just like the last one was. I think they win by a field goal, but I'm giving the advantage to the Eagles. Uh, I'll, I'll go with the Eagles, too. Uh, I ain't got much to say about this game. <laughs> There's not much to talk about. I just think the Eagles pull it off probably like three, four-point game. Are we are we counting this one as the toilet toilet bowl of the week? Oh, this is guaranteed the toilet bowl of the week. Okay, I was just just asking, but I'm I'm siding with both of them. I'm going Eagles too. I mean, it's just Daniel Jones is probably going to throw three or more picks. That's is it is what it is. So Bryce, what you got? Um, yeah, I'm also going to go with the Eagles for you guys. Um, I think their defense will hold the Giants to under ten, and Carson Wentz has been good. By any means this season, but neither has Daniel Jones, so I'm gonna give the edge to Carson Wentz in this game. So in bad matchups, you always usually go with the who's the better coach team. So I'm taking Doug Pearson over the special teams coach from New England that came over to coach the New York Giants. That looks like he hasn't done any kind of improvement for them at all. Well, when their best player is hurt, that's kind of well. You gotta remember the former. Assistant defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots is the head coach for Miami Dolphins, and they're looking pretty dang good. And he looked pretty dang good halfway through last year, which was his first year. And he, they were—that was when everybody thought they were tanking. And you haven't seen any any kind of hope in New York Giants. It was very true. And with that, of course, with all of us going with the Eagles, Logan, of course, is going with the Giants. So, you know makes you want to kind of think about switching your picks because Logan has been so on. Uh, he believes in the Giants somehow, some way. I don't know what he was drinking this morning, but he told me to go Giants, So, and that's not a mistype. We will move on to a game that on paper before injuries looked kind of exciting. I was interested in this matchup, but now with Christian McCaffrey out for the game, I think it kind of flips the other way. We got Bucks. Versus Carolina. Now, Teddy Bridgewater has been very different this year. He's had she's shown promise in some games, and other games looked as if he should have stayed a backup. And with that, I think the Bucks defense in the rushing category holds Davis and then uh, Samuel because they kind of use him in a, in a little bit of a weird. Uh, almost like a jet sweep motion to run the ball as well. If they limit the rush, they will have a great chance to win this game. I think they do. Their rush defense is really good. I think the Bucks have to. They have to move on from that loss to New Orleans, getting absolutely embarrassed. Tom's got to start finding his receivers though. So if he doesn't, this game will stay close. 
if he starts to click with Evans and Godwin, if Godwin plays, I, I have no idea with what he's doing with that finger. And he connects with Antonio Brown and gets going, and they establish a rush game with Fournette, they'll be fine, and they'll win this game. But Tom has to be on his game to make it a game. I think he is, and I'm going with the Bucks. So I I always like pick at least one upset of the week. So this is actually my upset game of the week. I got Carolina over Bucks. The reason why is because I believe Tom Brady is going to try to force the ball to Antonio Brown, and he's going to get another pick. And I'm just think. This is like the snowball effect of like the last game because like even last game you had a bunch of the blame game going on with the Buccaneers. Yep. And it's like, do you think they're gonna come back again like how they came back from the Bears' loss? And I just think this is like, uh, you think you're like bad last game. I think it's gonna be just as bad this game, but like it's gonna be like a three point game. They're gonna keep it close, and I hope Carolina can. Just pulled out the, at the end. So you think no CMC, no problem? Yeah, I think Mike Davis is not bad at running the ball at all. Last time they did play, my, they limited Mike Davis. That's I think that might have been the game where Christian started to get hurt. It was like third week or so. But, you know, this is a different Mike Davis because he's, he's progressed ever since McCaffrey was out. So if and – and here's a big thing. They, the Bucks are great at a run-stop defense. They are pretty mediocre when the running back catches the ball out of the backfield. So if Davis wants to be lethal, he's going to have to catch the ball out of the backfield. Same thing with Samuel. He's going to have to be multidimensional as a receiver and a runner. If they can do that, I think they have a shot. But I think the you have to have faith in the linebacking core for the Bucks. They've been great all year. That's been a strong point for them. And I think they come they come to play for this one. Yeah. Uh, if Christian McCaffrey was playing this week, I would go Carolina because he is such a game changer, as we saw last week against the Chiefs. He was kind of the reason that thing was close. But without Christian, I, I got to go with the Bucks. Just on that reason alone. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bucks here. They're going to respond to a bad game. They'll be fine. They've done it earlier this year. Like Cash said, against the Bears, they came back the next week and played really well and won. So I think without Christian McCaffrey, it's going to be an easy win for the Bucks. I'm also going to go with the Bucks. I hate picking Tom Brady's team, but I think coming into this game, he had to get on the same page with his right receivers. So I think they'll come out on the same page and execute much better than the last games. All right. So we got... Cash is a lone wolf, I believe, going against the Bucks and going Carolina. Now, a game where I feel like this is going to be split down the middle, but I could be wrong. We have the Seattle Seahawks at the Rams. And, and honestly, I think it just depends on what Rams team you get is how this game goes. Caden, what are you thinking for this game? I think the Rams are kind of off and on team. Some weeks they look really good. Some weeks they look okay to not so good and I think I think they're gonna look good this week I'm feeling a big game from the Rams I think they give the Seahawks their second loss right would that be their second loss if they lost to them third third loss really yeah Cardinals Bills 
Oh, because did they have a bye week yep. after the car? Okay. So they're going to give them a three-game losing streak. Rams win it in a close game. That almost sounds like a bear stat there. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I got to go with my man, Russell Wilson. Last week was a little rough, so I think he's going to come out firing on all cylinders. And as usual, my DK Russell um, prediction. prediction, I'm two for two right now. I did two touchdowns the first week I did it. They got two touchdowns. And then last week, one touchdown. Got that correct. So this week, I'm going to go with two touchdowns between the duo. All right. So that's a start DK and a start Russell Wilson in your fantasy team. You heard it from Bryce here first. I am well, as well, excuse me, am going rot. No, I'm not. You want to know why? Seattle, since the Rams have gone to Cali, one in six in the state of California against the Rams. This game's in L.A. I'm going with the Rams. Well, I guess I'm going against the curve and going with the Seahawks here. I just think... I changed my pick right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I knew that was going to happen. I just think you got to believe in Russ. And I just think the Rams, they they are too inconsistent like you guys have said. I just feel like you're going to get the wrong Jared Goff tomorrow. You're going to get the one that's going to throw two picks. You can put that right in the stamp right now. All right. And Logan also as well going Rams. Brady, roll, finish it out. Who you got, Rams or Seahawks? I'm going Rams. That's all I got to say. Was that uh, because I uh, made the no, Seahawks? No, oh, okay. I had them before. <laughs> I just... Every time I I think every time I've gotten with the Seahawks I've been wrong so we'll we'll see if I can uh... see if the trend continues yeah we'll a game see. that on paper doesn't look like it's going to be close but all of us feel like it's going to be a lot closer game than what you think it's the Bengals at the Steelers now the the Bengals with Joe Burrow coming to town and. The Steelers team, although undefeated, they don't look like a scary undefeated team that we've seen before. They have some holes and some blemishes on defense. Big Ben's, you know, in the category for comeback player there just because he was out last year. He hasn't looked phenomenal. And I'm really kind of waiting to see how James Conner's going to do. So this game is going to be very close, and we're going to send it to Cash. Start us off. Who you got in this game? You know, going with Steelers, man. I uh, gotta go with the undefeated team. <laughs> you know, like I might be go uh, with the Bengals. <laughs> I I do think this is going to be a close game, but even with uh, Big Ben kind of being a little hurt, he hurt his knee last game a little bit, and he's just coming off the COVID list, so he's going to have a little bit less practice time this week than usual. But I still got to believe in the undefeated team that beats a Bengals team that's not that good on defense. Logan pulls a leak or so not so fast, my friend. And he goes Bengals Smith. What are we thinking? I'm going to I'm going to join Logan here. I got I got the Bengals. I think the Bengals are not a bad defensive team like uh you guys have uh, repeatedly told me. Um the Steelers' offense is not that good, and I think this is going to be a close game, and I think the Bengals just pull it out by a slim, maybe a field, field goal. goal. Okay. I got the Steelers in this one. I think their offense will have a good day against this Bengals defense, which 
lost Carlos Dunlap, traded him away, and one of their best cornerbacks, Darius Phillips, might be out for this game. So that could be a huge loss for that team. So I think Big Ben, James Conner, Juju, and as Cash says, Chase Carpel will have a big day. <laughs> I'm going to go on the steel curtain train as well. And no Joe Mixon. You know, they have Giovanni Bernard, but no Joe Mixon. That's a big difference maker on that offense, too. I think with getting a healthy linebacking core in, no Devin Bush still, obviously, him out for the season. But you have TJ Watt. You get Big Ben back off the COVID list. I think it's just enough to push past this Bengals team. It's not going to be to the spread where everyone thinks of seven, seven and a half. It is definitely going to be a field goal game towards the end of it. And, uh, you know, the Steelers won a a field goal game against Tennessee. I think they do it again against Cincinnati. Yeah, kind of going back to what you said, Mitch. um, I would pick the Bengals if it wasn't for Joe Mixon being out. Just just kind of like with the Bucks and Carolina game. Joe Mixon is a game changer, really, for that team. So... I'm, I just got to go with the Steelers being with that uh, Joe is out, and Burrow is not going to really have much of an option going to the run as much as he would with Joe Mixon back there. Right. Speaking of people on the run, we got two quarterbacks here that kind of like to run in this next matchup with the Bills and the Cardinals. And this game is in Arizona, and they don't have a retractable roof catch. This is all indoors. No wind. <laughs> So unless the air conditioning's on, yeah. Unless know. they turn the air conditioning on high, so hopefully the field goal miss will not be a problem this week. <laughs> but who you got in in the the birds versus the bills, Bryce? I'm gonna hand it off to the Cardinals. I'm gonna put it in the hands of Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins. And so yeah, I'm gonna take my chances. I don't really have a real reason here, but just going with the gut feeling here. Wow, man. Picking the Cardinals with that defense that they have, especially giving up all the, all those points to Miami last week, you know, I just think the Bills have the overall better team. D- didn't the Bills give up thirty four to the Seahawks last oh, week? That is true, but it is the Seahawks. We're not talking about the Miami offense here. Um, I mean, but they the Cardinals up. have the number one offense in the league, so I mean. Uh, I'm just going to take the overall just better. Saying. I'm just going to say that I'm just going to take the overall better, better team. Better team with like how you alluded to a better defense, correct? Well, I'm just saying overall better team. Okay, so he's saying better defense. So Cash is saying better defense. The Bills' defense gives up 25 points per game. Yep. And if you take out the two Jets games that they've played, which the Jets are terrible, they scored 10 points and 18 points in those games. Their, their point total jumps to 30 points a game. That's this very bad. This Cardinals team bad. can score. This Cardinals team will score. Yeah, it's going to be a high-scoring game. It's and the Cardinals are going to score more points than the Cardinals. No. I'm thinking like a 40-35 Bills. Uh, bring it to me. Hot take. Cardinals score 50. Oh, Ooh, that's a big hot take there. Do not start the Bills defense. Definitely not. Yeah, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going with the Saints defense this week. Don't worry. I, I got the, I got the Bills winning this game. Their defense may not be as superior as last year, but their offense has jumped to a new level. As they might not have had two good games against the Jets, but other than that, their offense has looked really good in some weeks, including last week. So 
I'm going to take the Bills this week. All right, and as Logan would obviously disagree with you, he's going to disagree with you. He's going Cardinals as well. And the final game to wrap it up, we have one biased pick, uh, and that's obviously going to be with Bryce. We have the Chargers versus the Dolphins. Now, we all picked against the Dolphins except for Cash, and we lost. Are we all going to pick against the Dolphins again and have Cash pick the Dolphins and lose again? We will see. Smith, we going Bolts or we going Fins? I'm going to the Fins here. They're playing good. (laughs) I think it's going to be a a battle. Anyone takes this game, but I think it's actually going to be a low-scoring game because both these defenses are pretty good. Low-scoring game, I think Tua gets the dub over Herbert. Wow, you must really like the Chargers practice squad defense then. Their They're not a bad is, defense, even with their practice squad defense. So. They're, they're really not. <laughs> so, Bryce, you're obviously going Dolphins, right? Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. You got Chargers? Yeah. I got to go with my Chargers, right? Even without Bosa and Derwin and, yeah, the list goes on. I'm not going to continue that. Um, if we're not up to start the fourth quarter, it's in the bag for us. The game is in the bag. Justin Herbert. Take the wheel, baby. But you guys almost look like the Falcons out there just blowing leagues left and right. We're going for a draft pick, okay? Okay, whatever you say, but I'm going with... 2021 Super Bowl champs. I'm going with Miami Dolphins. They haven't failed me yet. And I believe Tula will have... He's going to have three touchdowns this game. He's he, uh, he went from one touchdown to two touchdowns, so he's going to get three touchdowns, and they're going to win this game 30-28. to 28. Was that was that a mix of Tua and Tulua from Maryland? Because it's, it's T-U-A. Yeah, T-U-A, Tua. You said Tula. Cash, it's all good. Cash, you it's, said. It's, hey, it's Dol- he's thinking of Don Shula. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Tula. <laughs> Cash, you said the Dolphins haven't failed you yet, right? Well, looking at your records, um, a you lot of other teams. Yourself. Yeah, you failed yourself. <laughs> you started out what zero and six in that first week. That's me, my perfection week. And then one one and five. Almost perfection. That's fine. Yikes! Guys. Hey, we're good. Well, I hear is six and zero and five and one. Okay. <laughs> wow. Logan's going Chargers. I hope you don't have a math major. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Chargers on this fact. In well, this hopeful prediction, they cannot, as Bryce alluded to, they cannot blow another lead. But what they also need to do, I know they don't have that clear, they need to establish a run. It's going to help Herbert later in the fourth quarter if they can establish a run game. Allen's going to be open. Williams is going to be open. He's going to find his targets. I'm not saying that Tua's not going to be able to, to move the ball down the field against a depleted Chargers secondary. But I think Herbert makes enough plays if they get the running game established to beat the Dolphins. This is going to be a close game. Three points, if that. And if, I'm giving Bagley the, the game-winning kick. Bah! Chargers, baby! Wide left! Or the double doink! That's, that's just the Bears. Bears game. That's just the Bears. Yeah, now, nah, we had a couple... I saw a couple of college... Uh, Kickers double doink it. The quadruple. Oh yeah, I saw that too. I'm 
this, I feel like an idiot for saying this, but I'm going to side with Cash. I'm going to go to Dolphins with just the amount of injuries that the Chargers have. Like Bryce, I almost did it last week. I almost flipped to the Raiders when Bryce told me all oh, those injuries to the Chargers, and lo and behold, the Raiders win. So since those guys are still out, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Yes. All right. Well, we'll see. You know, I feel like we all kind of had a little bit of variety there. Like, I feel like a lot of us went one way or the other on some picks. I feel we were pretty split down the middle. So, I don't think anyone's going 6-0, and if anyone does, it's definitely me. So, well, <laughs> no, I don't know if anyone's going to go 6-0. It's going to be a good week. I think the matchups here are really even, as you saw, with just the six games that we picked. There are some other games as well. That Monday night game is going to be pretty interesting. I know your Bears versus the Vikings should be a good game. Yeah. Like Broncos versus Raiders should be another good one. I think the Raiders win that one, but it'll be it'll be a great week to watch football in general in the NFL. And I mean, as I look at it right now, this will be the first week that us all five do not have a unanimous a unanimous pick all together. That's huge. That's so, huge. like you That's said, with the variety, there's a lot of variety this week. There's no one unsung victory that everybody has going well i think i have a good chance of either going zero and six or six and oh oh and six there we go and if you go oh and six trust me when i say this you will never hear the end of it because i will let you know every day i'll send you a good morning text good morning you were on six i'll send you a good night text good night just remember you were on six every time i see you i will remind you that you went on six not once twice hey that just means Ouch. i'm i'm just better man i can predict who's gonna yeah you're better at sucking i'm better at picking every game wrong so that means everybody else should get it right then you should, right. Like, you should go against cash's picks but like no one Does always does that to change still, <laughs> no, no. no they're locked in you cannot change Dang. <laughs> i mean i do have control of the excel doc so i mean i could no i but i got and control we, of the recording yeah we True. got it on recording yeah yeah, yeah. i want the chargers <laughs> i can just like go over my uh sound and just like change my and we no one cares about that nerd <laughs> stuff all in all great week of nfl games wrapping up a great overall podcast once again smith thanks again for joining us man you know we might have to have you back you, you weren't too bad. Whoa, whoa, we whoa, thought, whoa, I thought whoa, whoa. having two Bears fans was going to be kind of overload. You kind of outweighed Cash in, in some aspects, so might have you back. Well, I'll just wait till we have a Bears game back. Oh, we'll never have picks. a Bears game. <laughs> Thanks again, through. Smith. Thanks again, guys, for listening. And as always, keep the sports talk. Thank you.